Better be good. I'm in a bad mood. Well, sir, if I could just take a minute or two of your very valuable time to show you a little something I've been working on for the past two or three years. You know, for kids. Hey, kids. It's me, your good pal, Jenna Ipcar. Now, did you folks know that we have a Patreon? That's right. Notes from the Back Row is running on hopes, dreams, and donations from people like you. Join now and receive a variety of fun perks from early episode access to an end-of-year swag box. Learn more at back-row.com. Just click on Patreon at the bottom of the page. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the show. Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row. A podcast like no other. Different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Welcome to another episode of Hoser Horror on Notes from the Back Row. Uh, my name is Dan Gorman, as always, here with... hey it's Carlo. hey Carlo. <laughs> we are talking about Canadian horror films again in our little corner on Notes from the Back Row podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, please go to backdashrow.com check us out there in the menu you can find the podcast and it has all the other episodes there and all the places in which that you can subscribe to us whether it's itunes spotify google play or an rss feed you can also find us on facebook and twitter and instagram at backrow cineblog yeah do it yes <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time welcome if you've heard our other episodes thank you we just have an episode that went up about our discussion with paul of Exploitation around the movies death ship which i always want to call ghost ship and murder by phone so check that out if you haven't today we got another themed episode it's the let's punish carlo episode <laughs> yeah you can basically call it that when you put it online <laughs> jesus <laughs> it, yeah aka everybody loves a clown but me <laughs> why everybody loves a clown but why doesn't carlo i don't think everyone loves the clown <laughs> like i can't be the only one <laughs> i don't either really but oh, there you go <laughs> yeah we're talking about clown movies from canada the clown murders and the clown at midnight this just happened to be on our list of movies that made sense to put together and we just kind of picked it as why not <laughs> yeah yeah neither of us had seen either of these movies so yeah what's the worst that can happen <laughs> two mediocre movies two. <laughs> maybe spoiler alert <laughs> maybe <laughs> find out in the next 40 minutes <laughs> let's get right into it in 1975 with the clown murders you see those two gentlemen over there well they have just informed me that at this point in time they're guarding the citizens against a bunch of clowns yeah that's what the man told me kidnapper you know, I could have swore I saw a light coming from that window. 
catch. Sure, Ollie. This is starring Stephen Young, Susan Keller, Lawrence Dane, and John Candy, and was directed by Martin Burke. The tagline for this film is, it started as a joke. And the synopsis is, a group of young professionals decide to play a practical joke on one of their ex-girlfriends who married a rich man who is about to close a real estate deal. They plan to kidnap her and mess up the deal. Unfortunately, the joke becomes deadly serious eventually. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> uh, this movie had a estimated budget of $135,000, so very low budget for the time. Production companies, uh, this was developed in part by the Canadian Film Development Corporation, Magnum Pictures, which have no other movies underneath their name when you click on IMDb, so probably just the the people that produced it named their company that. Oh. And uh, Astral Films put it in theaters in September of 1976. Was this released theatrically? Really? That's, yeah, that's what it says. Oh. Probably in Canada only. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to assume. Trying to look up some information about this movie, and, and I think one guy on IMDb said like, or maybe Amazon, like this is only ever released on VHS and DVD, but. Yeah, I don't know. This is just some guy, like yeah, <laughs> like you're probably right. And that's about this. and but but I mean, who knows? I mean, that was you know on a, on IMDb that could have been added in erroneously. But yeah, it says Astral Films. I mean, it's not in the trivia section because this movie has no trivia section. There is no <laughs> trivia. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just like in one of the user reviews. Like, like I say, it might have been even just on Amazon, uh, Canadian Amazon. Um, <laughs> I don't really remember. Yeah, so but, the, yeah. The, the director of this movie, Martin Burke, he started his career in television. He worked for a major advertiser. He ended up going to Vietnam to work as a freelance journalist, as a photographer. That led him into directing and producing documentaries for CBC Television. He ended up winning a Gemini Award, winning a Genie Award for different documentaries. So he, he started his career being very lauded for his work that he was doing in, in documentary mm. work, work. And after that, he started to work on theatrical films and this was the first one of those i think there was another one called power play but this is his first narrative movie that i saw and it's also john candy's first appearance in film oh is it john candy's like film debut oh okay. I, that's what this said um, but i'm not 100 percent sure it's possible yeah see that's an, that's another thing that people just every review on imdb just talks about John Candy because that's like probably one of the reasons you will stumble on this movie. Like if you're a diehard John Candy f fan, I mean, you know, who, who doesn't like John Candy? He's just very amiable screen presence. Absolutely. Um, I've seen a bunch of his movies. Yeah. He's in this movie. That, yeah. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> he was uncredited in a movie called Class of 44 in 1973. Um, and then he was in Neil Israel's Tunnel Vision in 1976, or so the same year as this. So I, I would say mm. Clown Murders is likely his first substantial role, which is what a lot of people come to this movie for. I remember seeing this movie on VHS a lot when I was younger. Somebody I knew owned a copy, and it looked 
weird. It had a really weird cover. Which, which cover was that? Uh, is, is that the one that's on like IMDb now? The one I linked to you before? Uh, like, like the one that looks like a Charles Band production? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure the one that I saw was the interglobal home video cover. It's like a um, tombstone with blood on it and there's like a clown doll on the grave. Oh, I don't think I've even seen that cover. Uh, yeah, and it has a tagline on the back of they laugh, they cry, they fight, they die. <laughs> Pretty catchy. Yeah. yeah, and it pushes John Candy being in it, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, same with that, like, Charles Bandy cover. It's it, The only credit on that cover is John Candy. Like, that's yeah. all it says. John Candy, clown murders, <laughs> and then, like, looks like Killjoy on the cover, basically. Yeah, it's, it's wild. <laughs> And, and so we're kind of coming here on this, this sort of, one of the things this movie is known for is being a horror movie, which it's not. Just the title alone is, is just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> because, okay, clown, yes, murders. Debatable. Uh, in the last seven, seven minutes of the movie, like I timed it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is the first murder and there's seven minutes left. And then... A couple of things happen, unless you want to count the chicken murder pretty early on, then okay, it starts sooner. I'm willing to count that because... Yeah, it's a murder. Yeah, this movie throughout history of its release has all kind of promised a horror movie, whether it's the interglobal one or there's another one where a guy is like clutching his head with a clown mask and there's blood on it. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one that you can see on the Canuxploitation.com entry where it's like a hand and a knife and blood dripping out of it. That one's maybe a little bit because it's a little bit more sort of like abstract. That's the one I've used for the the image of this episode as well, I believe. That was uh, like very stark red and black just... uh... And on Canuxploitation, they quote this movie as being kind of a mix of Don Shabib's work in Canada. So it has that kind of like documentarian turned narrative kind of energy to the the filming. They, they kind of name check Straw Dogs and some other like rural revenge exploitation movies. So it's kind of trying to get at character based sort of vibe and then also a revenge thing because the gist of the movie as I mentioned before is a bunch of friends are mad that they're married friend is gonna do this real estate deal that's gonna close down the farm that they all have these fond memories of and so they decide we're gonna kidnap the woman who married him which is one of their ex-girlfriends and things will go awry but it takes a very long time to get to the awry yeah yeah it's it's definitely a slow burn of a movie um i was into it briefly yeah yeah, briefly. Okay. Well, when was when was that happening? I was I was really into it up until the 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 guy cuts the head off of a chicken on camera and you get to see like in horrific detail the chicken dying and I was like, "Oh god, it's really hard for a movie to bounce back from the animal murder." Yeah, yeah. That's that's never fun to watch, but yeah, I I can't really say that at one point I was even into this movie. <laughs> I had a heart I had a, a bit of a hard time getting through this movie, but maybe, I don't know, like, it's called Hoser Horror, and we've covered movies before that aren't, like, very strict horror, like Bullies, we've talked about that, that, that was that was okay. But this one definitely could have used a little bit more, <laughs> like, suspense or tension or, like, yeah. something a bit more like uh, elements of the macabre, even. Yeah. But, yeah, none of that... To be honest, it's it's all more about like these 
guys who are frustrated and they're in their, I don't know, 30s now. And it seemed like the girl, they all had this shared crush on her. But she's married to this big shot now who's, who's like you say, buying the, the, the farm that they have these fond memories of, like lots of like childhood frustrations. And I don't know, I, I said to you before, like, so is this like it chapter two? Because <laughs> I haven't seen it chapter two yet. I have seen the original series, but I don't really remember what happened in that. But I don't know, like all these things, adding them up, childhood frustrations, a bunch of guys and one girl that they all seem to pine for and yeah. clowns. So <laughs> I'm just going to say I've seen It Chapter 2 twice <laughs> because I, I, had, I had to watch this movie twice because I yeah. wasn't paying attention the first time. It, and like of any movie for you to have to watch twice because you weren't paying attention, like, I mean, this is a movie that I find very fascinating for a number of different reasons. And none of those reasons really factor into my enjoyment of watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's, yeah. like my this is one of those movies where I look at it and I go, okay, and I think this was, I was benefited by having started my research about Burke as a, as a, you know, director and mm -hmm. knowing that he came from documentary and had done photography in the war and stuff. I was like, okay, this guy is probably trying to get at something. And for the first 10 or 15 minutes, when we introduce these characters and they're playing polo and they all are very like jealous and full mm -hmm. of themselves. And there's all these different, you know, relationships that we're introduced to. I was like, there's a setup. There's a lot that, that this could do, you know, mm. there's, there's attempts at getting at like the, the theme of jealousy and power and wealth and and these guys definitely have that like toxic masculinity mm -hmm. vibe and Absolutely. i'm like there's there's a lot here that that could be very interesting but i just think it never happens yeah it doesn't like, get there once no. the kidnapping happens and we get to the farm it's just kind of a lot of nothing and then at the end of the movie it kind of got me interested in it again and and i was kind of pulled back in but yeah because it's those last seven minutes suddenly things start happening that yeah. you don't see coming and yeah that should have happened way way sooner or like there should have been some like i said the, the movie just misses tension or suspense something to yeah. hook you there's no hook and yeah that kind of made it a chore the things you're saying like i can see that approach to it and it's kind of funny like I was like browsing IMDB reviews because I didn't have a lot of notes on this movie because <laughs> I was just kind of like blank staring yeah. at it and I uh, and yeah just trying to get through it and there was this one guy who also gives this movie a lot more credit than just about anything I've seen on the internet I think it's like a 10 out of 10 IMDB review even. <laughs> but but some of the things he said did kind of like make sense in in the same breath that you're saying just now like he called it he kept repeating this phrase like this isn't a movie for the adhd generation throughout this review he keeps saying that and he's like there are underlying themes in this movie that have more in common with a shakespearean tragedy than a slumber party massacre which yeah i can totally see that and <laughs> and kind of a, a funny one uh, again only people with adhd seem to be watching it and commenting on it here not to mention one guy who seems to think horror movies couldn't be made in Canada. Mm. <laughs> After a hero of Black Christmas. But yeah, that yeah. was kind of funny. And, and, and he has a point. I can yeah. see his point. Even though I didn't like this movie, he has a point. I, I think it's a movie that uh, I would be very interested in the idea of 
you know, seeing this movie restored a little bit, I think it has a very interesting place in in Canadian film history. And just in terms of, I, I think it was on Canucksploitation that I read somebody was talking about this movie being interesting from the perspective of it feels influenced by the other Canadian movies that were going on at the time. Like I mentioned before, mm. Don Shabib and maybe even like a William Fruette kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's kind of interesting. Like it seems less... It seems less interested in trying to be a horror movie or trying to be a thriller yeah. movie, and it feels more of the era in which it was produced, which is interesting for me. But yeah, I almost feel like it would be cool to see like a, a release or a you know a Blu-ray where there was mm-hmm. like some interviews around people that knew more about the production because there's not a lot about that on the internet. There's this and that here and there, but it would be very interesting yeah. to get some perspective on the creation of this movie and also i kind of felt like it would be very interesting too to like there's enough of a hook to this movie that it could be remade in a way like Mm -hmm. i i would be interested in somebody telling that kind of a story but like maybe putting some like pace to it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah 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 that's just the the thing like what who decided at what point that this is even a horror movie probably like distributors or something Mm, yeah probably easier to sell this movie by putting a scary cover on it and clowns yeah because yeah it's very Mm. like it's not horror it is definitely more i think it gets there i think it it definitely sits somewhere on a shelf around death weekend like like i can see the connections but it's pulled back quite a bit yeah yeah that's true like it just needed something to justify at least being horror adjacent like you say death weekend and and that kind of thing or even be a short film you know like if that was a half hour long and then you got to the where it got at the end like you'd be like Mm -hmm. oh decent short film cut out the chicken murder and (laughs) (laughs) yeah for what's there it's it's yeah, it's just too long. Like, there's yeah, totally. we can keep on bashing this movie, but um, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to bash it, but yeah, it's not. It's not good. Another user on IMDb, another an, another guy. That's just what I put on. Uh, I'm sure that's not his username, but whatever. Um, a horror movie from Canada. What could they possibly fear up there? That <laughs> hockey gets outlawed. That beer gets outlawed. <laughs> Apparently, those hosers fear someone dressing up as a clown and going on a killing spree. And the movie about it, The Clown Murders, is almost a zero. Uh, is uh, that, uh, that almost reminds me of in our interview with Paul, where he talked about how, you know, somebody had wrote an article about exploitation being like, what's a Canadian horror movie? A guy in a hockey mask and they outlaw hockey. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, like, it definitely supports that idea that he was speaking of that at the time that's how mm-hmm. people felt or yeah. like what's what's going on up there what's gonna be scary tim horton's closed like <laughs> <laughs> a lot you of know? tim bits oh, yeah. yeah well you know this movie being so notable for having john candy in it mm. i did see a lot of reviews online where they say like he's not even very good in it or like mm. don't really talk about his his performance but i didn't think he was bad i just no. felt like it, it was interesting to see him doing doing that kind of a role it's it's early on in his career and he's obviously a comedy guy and it's yeah. it's, it's not really playing to his strengths and if you see like uh, movies later on in his career he will become much better of a dramatic actor next to 
like you know yeah his, 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 his shtick i would even say two years later in silent partner 1978 he's he's doing a better job at balancing being a jovial guy and he's like the co-worker but also doing like little moments of dramatic yeah it, it was just i think it's also to do with the director like if you have a director who supports you properly you're, it's much better to be spontaneous as an actor and maybe it was a little bit hard for him in this one and also his film debut maybe nervous i don't know uh, yeah or the the script doesn't give him a lot to there's there's moments at the end yeah see like what is his character really other than a guy who keeps on eating and people keep on commenting on that and he's kind of like a loser like a quiet type in the group like all of the characters in the movie kind of hard to like really pin down because the car- characters are a little underwritten they're vague yeah it's a uh, not great uh, yeah <laughs> i would say very canadian on our scale of how canadian is it oh yeah, yeah, yeah i would yeah, say yeah. it's very canadian <laughs> yeah i mean if you need a canadian movie then yeah and, and that's all you need like all your cry from movie yeah sure <laughs> it feels sure. very rural yeah mm-hmm. the party they go to feels like this kind of like yeah canadian like thing like everyone's going to this house in the boonies <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh not so great watch another movie <laughs> yeah we watch another movie we move from the clown murders from 1975 to the clown at midnight in 1998 i saw it i saw my mother being murdered <laughs> On the stage of life. Some opera singer went wacko and killed his leading lady. So many memories. So many ghosts. Seven students. So, how are things in the Twilight Zone? Got any more visions from the other side? Just got apart. I have a feeling that once you go down there, we're not going to be hearing from you again. You're on the big stage now. To die for. I'll take care of everything. Ah! Just as I've always done. The killer was already in this room somehow. Ah! I heard there's a bunch of tunnels underneath this theater. Come on. Ah! This time... Clown may be amusing in a circus. It's murder. Ah! What would be your reaction? In three acts. To opening your door and finding that same clown on your front step at midnight. The Clown at Midnight. What time does the matinee start? There's nothing funny about him. (laughs) Available wherever videos are sold. This movie stars Christopher Plummer, Margot Kidder, Sarah Lisset, James Duvall, Tatiana Ali, and more. And is directed by Jean Perelin. Seven Opposites, One Old Opera House, and A Secret to Die For. The synopsis of The Clown at Midnight is, Seven teenagers are stalked by a murderous clown while refurbishing an old opera house. This movie was made in Winnipeg. It was shot at the Walker Theater, which opened in 1907 and was designated a National Historic Site in 1991. This is like a movie that comes right around the time of straight to video slashers really hitting its peak it's a few years after the first scream so we're, we're talking like after scream 2 though i will say this movie of the kind of films that were sort of released direct to video in this time period there's a lot of them that that i would say are even more heavily indebted to stuff like scream i hmm. think this is but i also think it's not 
quite as much as you as you might expect no it's it's almost it's almost more like uh i don't know it's not it's not a giallo but it's it almost has a weird italian feel to it it's a little bit more it's like a american style slasher but with like a weird canadian twist to it almost yeah 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 i know what you mean like it, it reminded me a little little bit of uh the michele suave movie yeah stage fright yeah stage fright yeah, yeah aka aquarius, aquarius but n- not quite there <laughs> yeah not really but just more in the idea that it takes place in a yeah kind yeah of thing. in that way mm. but it does kind of have that postmodern sort of like we're teenagers and mm-hmm. we're gonna be kind of funny but we're not and like there's an element of it's not so much meta about movies but there's yeah. a, a few moments where it's like this is how you make stage blood it's made out of this it's fake that's blood true. that's true so it has that idea of like just a little bit of that like we're gonna reference the theater yeah it's it's a slasher and it knows that slashers exist yeah kind of thing yeah it knows that margot kidder was in black christmas mm-hmm. it knows prom <laughs> night and happy birthday to me and curtains and all that stuff exists mm-hmm. yeah it's it's almost in some ways taking a lot of stuff from those movies i think there was a canuxploitation.com review where they where they like literally just went through all the lists of the canadian horror films and, and go like there's flashbacks in this one there's mm-hmm. like a, hi- a hidden past in that one there's a clown <laughs> and there's like a murderous clown in the clown murders <laughs> <Like, laughs> Highly influential movie, yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do feel like this movie is, is banking on the Canadian aspect with Margot Kidder being oh, in yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like being inspired in a way by, like, Canadian horror movie sort of a little bit like it's 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 it shows itself a little bit and stuff yeah. like that you know just like having Margot Keller there uh, for example and also just I don't know if this was an influence on this movie at all but we did an episode on are you afraid of the dark and that's what this movie even more than like I don't want to call the scream ripoff yeah. knockoff whatever but more than being influenced by Scream, I feel it's more influenced by Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like, first you've got the clowns, like, this is like <laughs> Zebo the movie, basically. <laughs> and it takes place in a theater. And one of the episodes we covered of Are You Afraid of the Dark also takes place in the theater. What's it called? Tale of Midnight. So I was looking up that theater that this one was uh, filmed at, Burton Cummings Theater, it's called now. Like, I, I, st- I think they still do, like, live performances there. Like, it's 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 not a very extensive Wikipedia, but so that's all I could find, really. Just like the theater that the episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark was filmed in, they were both um, declared National Historic Sites of Canada. Yeah. Both in the early 90s. I don't know, thought, thought that was kind of an interesting parallel next to the whole this feels very Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. And there's clowns and there's a theater. <laughs> yeah, when, when the opening credits came up, it has this kind of spooky music and I was annoying Emma by like <laughs> singing the Are You Afraid of the Dark <laughs> song over their music because it does kind of feel hmm. and, and, and partially maybe because of the way it was shot and the way it's like a full frame production. I, I think it, I'm not sure this was shot in widescreen or not. It seemed like maybe not. It no. almost felt TV-esque. So there was an element of me just bit like, yeah, singing that song. It, it, it felt like the opening to an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, when you rented it, I, I used to always 
almost rent this movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I used to see the cover all the time and be like, I, I got to rent that. But then I had a friend that had rented it and was like, it's terrible. So I never yeah. did. <laughs> Young Dan just, I want to know what's up with that clown. What's going on with that clown? <laughs> yeah, the, the the cover art's very like, it's the teens on the cover. and it, Yeah, they're all like lined up and there's a clown with like a little blood dripping from his mouth. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting because the movie itself is less of a scream thing and more like the plot consists of somebody was putting on you know Pagliacci the sad clown and there was a murder and then the the woman's daughter who was murdered comes back with these teens and they're going to clean up the place and this kind of a movie is a lot of just them kind of walking around and spooky things start to happen and then eventually people start to die in ways where you know it's it's constantly cutting away from the gore <laughs> with the exception of a few moments yeah yeah that's uh that's actually kind of funny so I wanted to ask, Dan, how do you feel about excessive gore? I need to know. I I mean, I go back and forth. I, I think there's times where I see people complaining about a movie being completely goreless where I'll say, like, I don't care because I don't need that from a movie. And then I think there's there's I think there's other times where like when I was watching this, I did kind of feel like, oh, I just wish there was a bit more because it would probably have, in this case, maybe have upped my entertainment value of just a little bit, you know, because it has that like I appreciate the effects and I would be waiting for the next one to happen. Yeah. Well, if you're the kind of person who doesn't like excessive gore, then according to IMDb user <laughs> Kane224, <laughs> you might not be a real horror film buff. <laughs> Because what he said about this movie is, although some may find it slow, I liked it for what it was. Yes, there are plot holes. Yes, there is excessive gore. Yes, <laughs> most of the characters are cliched. This is what horror film buffs like. All true. So apparently we saw a version of this movie that has all the gore cut out. Did we though? Or is that person just saying it was excessive gore and it's not? Oh, oh that person is 100% just talking bullshit that yeah. <laughs> I don't believe there's a version yeah. of this that has like all the gore like the Tammy and the T-Rex gore cuts <laughs> at, at, uh, Blu-ray waiting to happen for this movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way no way in all seriousness I agree like I do not need gore but when the movie's a little bit lacking it can help in your enjoyment yeah it can help because there's definitely movies that have over the top gore and I and it puts me off where I'm like okay god you're like rubbing our nose in it and I don't need that and yeah. now it feels like you're pandering to me but yeah. this movie I do feel like because the one the few moments that do happen are pretty like entertaining mm -hmm. somebody gets stabbed and there's a there's a really like funny head getting chopped off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and rolls some, down the stairs some moments where it like cuts off like at the very very last second I think the scene with Margot Kidder where yeah. you it, it cuts off just late enough that you can sort of feel it. Yeah. And and that's that's sort of okay. Yeah. She gets like an axe to the head and, and it's like you can tell that they had an effect shot, but they cut it where it felt more like a gut punch, not like a look at the gore. Yeah, moment. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that stuff stuff is sort of okay. But yeah. then there's a couple of like murder scenes where just happens off screen or whatever. yeah it just lacks any punch whatsoever and and that's sort of unfortunate yeah. for a movie like this so the two things that i did find myself holding on to like i do think this movie is pretty mediocre overall but mm. i i did find that the dialogue is hilarious yeah there's some good lines there's some really good lines and we'll get Absolutely. to it in a second but also i felt like 
the director, they had a career in music videos doing stuff for Great White and Anthrax and Metallica. And so I felt like there was a little like it's not the most stylish movie in the world, but there's like there was a couple shots where I was like, hey, that's a shot. That's a good shot. Like it pulls up overhead. And yeah. 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 He was trying. Absolutely. And it's kind of funny. Like I, as I always do, I looked at director album IMDb and what else he's done. And like you say, he's done like a bunch of like mu- music videos and stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff for Def Leppard and a band called uh, Skid Row, which yeah. I'm not familiar with, but you should listen to them. Oh, should <laughs> they're I? not yeah. good. <laughs> I believe it. I believe. I it. mean, we did an yeah, we did an episode of Time Bandits where we talked about Skid Row and. Oh. And, my friend Casey was a big Skid Row guy and they're very like cheesy yeah. like 80s dirt rock it's okay. it's bad I don't like it but it's pretty funny <laughs> okay yeah so the funny thing in this credits like obviously there's like a bunch of like Skid Row credits and I don't know if you looked at that or, and and you probably went like oh this is all a bunch of like Skid Row stuff like one of the credits in this in this IMDb uh, directing credits it's all like skid row and like things that are very obviously like concerts or video for a rock band but one of them is called just skid row that's okay. the porno and jeez yeah i i'm not sure like i i'm not familiar enough with skid row like maybe you should ask casey to look at the credits of that porno <laughs> <laughs> but i don't think it's a porno starring skid row but it is a porno called skid row that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just this weird coincidence, but chronologically, this porno came after the videos he did for Skid Row, the band. So, yeah. So I Trying don't know, to man. capitalize on their name, maybe? Yeah, or maybe it's like a tribute. Like, hey, guys, maybe. I did a porno called uh, named after you. Yeah. <laughs> How do you like them apples? <laughs> that's that's wild. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not know. I just assumed it was more Skid Row. Uh, no, no, no. Because I, he did I, like, yeah, like music, like video mm-hmm. documentaries and stuff for bands too. Before going on to the 1997 movie Laser, Laser Hawk with Mark Hamill. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on, I think yeah. on, on IMDb. Uh, I, I feel like I need to see it because the cover is just a, a big yellow bus getting sucked up into a UFO. So. <laughs> yeah, the 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 dialogue kept me entertained in Clown at Midnight. I maybe no, never more than what you used for your review. Oh, yeah, that's the best one. Cuz there's like a guy who's like a pretty offensive caricature of gay people throughout the entire film it's very like it's 1998 and we have to have the very kind of stereotypically flamboyant guy yeah we gotta have the gay guy and uh, the other stereotypes as well like it's uh, (laughs) how does the movie uh like advertise it seven opposites or it's just like seven stereotypes really of like the jock yeah 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 exactly the the broody guy who you know for whatever reason, decides to dress up as the murderous clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was up with that? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but there, he was, like, fencing with the other guy. Uh, with, with the girl, wasn't it? Wasn't he fencing with the girl? With Ta- Was he? Yeah, with Tatiana Ali, uh, I yeah. think, even. They're fencing, and mm. was this wasn't the fencing scene that was cross-cut with the sex scene, was oh, it? Was it? <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I wasn't paying super attention. Like, There's a lot of fencing. sort of watchable, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so there were two fencing scenes. Yeah, yeah. but but the, the one guy, like, hits the other person first, and somebody goes, first blood, <laughs> and then... More like first butt. <laughs> yeah. 
first blood more like first butt and i laughed so hard because i was like i don't understand how that's a joke <laughs> i mean it's it, it rhymes i think that's all the rest of it <laughs> i think he hit him in the butt maybe maybe i don't know or maybe yeah. it's like adding on to the the stereotypical offensiveness of the character yeah, yeah. Like, but it was it was good and there's a lot of that like I don't understand why they thought this dialogue was the right... Like, it just has that kind of bonkers, like, out-of-left-field dialogue every once in a while that kept me a little bit in, intrigued in what was going to happen next. <laughs> yeah, same. Like, there's the the character who's, like, the nerdy movie girl called yeah. Wal- Walnut or something. <laughs> like, th- th- I don't know why she's called Walnut. <laughs> That's she is. Her name is Walnut. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's obviously a nickname, but still. But she's credited as Walnut. Yeah, and and she like if it almost feels like she doesn't know what some words mean. Like at one point, she like they 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 enter a room and there's like blood on the floor or whatever, and 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 <laughs> during like a dialogue between them, she's says something like oh i have heard of the synonymon is she supposed to be dumb is it like the joke that she's dumb i don't get it yeah 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 i don't know there were like a couple of i'm like trying to look at my notes but that whole scene was ridiculous because they go into this 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 room which is where this woman mother was murdered there's like a huge splat of blood on the ground and i i thought this was supposed to be like a few years later or whatever and they're like whoa look at the blood and then the one guy gets down on the ground and pretends he's the the body and he's like oh, i'm the body and then he gets up and he's covered in blood and he's like how is it still fresh i don't know and i was like why would your first instinct when you walk into a room with a big blood splat be like i gotta get in it yeah i gotta get in on this dry blood action yeah it's just why what there's a lot of that kind of like this is just entertaining from a dumb dumb slasher way yeah and and maybe it's in scenes like those that it shows that this was written by uh kenneth (laughs) j hall uh, i was gonna bring that up too yeah frequent uh fred olin ray uh Mm -hmm. collaborator and and made the monster for biohazard Mm, yeah yeah i was looking at his imdb credits he's been like uh, in all the shitty movies we love um yeah like his very first uh credit on imdb like chronologically is a special makeup effects credit for space hunter which i know you like hell yeah <laughs> and it's canadian so we gotta mention it <laughs> yeah and, and yeah. then his second credit is i'm gonna have you guess for which movie this is but the credit is additional Ghoulie operator. What movie did, do you think is that it is? A, is it a is it a joke for because he was he was he did special effects for critters? Was it some kind of a in joke? No, no, okay. no. Is just, it actually Ghoulies Four? Ghoulies. It's just the first Ghoulies, Ghoulies One. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were throwing me some kind of curveball because I have on my list that he did special effects for critters. Yeah, he did a bunch. He did. Yeah. Uh, like worked on a bunch of like full moon movies as well, Fred and Ray movies. Um, yeah, he wrote Ghost Rider starring the Landers twins, which has been on my watch list forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe we just gotta watch that thing together. It's, it, it feels like a good fit for that. <laughs> yeah, so there is an uh, there is kind of an element of the, the the thing that interests me about this movie is just all the all the sort of different things that have gone into the creation of it because mm-hmm. it's like part 
90 late 90s slasher it's part very canadian slasher and it's Mm -hmm. part music video director trying to spice it up a little bit and then it's part you know script from this guy that comes from the world of like the most b of b movies and that kind of like very cheesy and very ridiculous so it has all this like weird kind of like stuff blended up into this concoction and it doesn't really work and it's not very good but like i laughed a few times and (laughs) didn't you know it went by in 90 minutes and you know it's not good but yeah (laughs) i'll forget it in a week but (laughs) oh oh, i've I've already forgotten most of it like talking about it now i'm like oh what can i say yeah about this movie. See, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no it, it it was a pretty painless watch yeah like yeah. i was paying most uh attention most of the time and yeah. there were a couple moments where my attention started drifting yeah. and i almost wanted to do other stuff but then someone said like first blood more like first blood <laughs> and, and i'm back into it yeah, or or there's a fencing scene, and they decide that they will cross cut the fencing between the the mm. sex scene, but then they'll include the dialogue yeah. from the the fencing scene in the shots of the sex scene. So while there's people having sex, you're hearing like Tatiana Ali and somebody mm-hmm. fence and say things, and I was like, who's saying that? I I thought <laughs> I thought it was somebody in my apartment building in the hallway. Ta, I was like, where is this <laughs> other dialogue coming from? So there's like those kind of like bewildering kind of choices where you're like okay <laughs> yeah exactly okay yeah. okay i'll keep watching you this yeah. is this is okay <laughs> but yeah definitely not one to seek out nah. but it does feel very canadian it has that you know shot in a theater are you afraid of the dark canadian vibe mm-hmm. margo kither christopher Plummer. i was gonna talk about christopher Plummer some more but i, I won't spoil it if anyone ever and ends up seeing it but I will say that when the murderer is revealed in this movie, hmm, guess who that is? It was kind of. I was very, <laughs> I was very like, that's not who I saw the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. It was yeah. It was very like clearly these aren't the same people. <laughs> yeah, but were you surprised at the reveal? No, because they oh. they, they basically have a thing at the beginning of the movie yeah. where somebody says like i'll look after these people and i was like that's murderer yeah yeah i mean <laughs> it's yeah it doesn't yeah. matter like no mm, the movie's not good enough to like really be bothered by <laughs> something like that just getting fudged up basically <laughs> yeah so yeah the clown at midnight definitely not something that i would tell people to check out if they were looking to get into canadian horror it's not Mm. essential neither of these movies are essential they're both very much they're both very interesting to me in very different ways one of them was interesting in the act of watching it in a ridiculous way and one was interesting (laughs) in kind of thinking about what they were trying to do so neither of them are successful really yeah yeah, the, cl- the clown in Clown at Midnight is like not scary in any way. How 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 much did you rate Clown at Midnight? So I didn't rate Clown at oh, Midnight. Oh, you didn't rate it. No. Oh, I thought you gave it a two star rating. I gave two stars to the other film. Because I'm 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 sure I found an, an old an old review of yours on IMDB for Clown at Midnight, which is a two star rating. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. That's this is uh, from way back when you had the handle <laughs> Leatherface. Oh, and and uh, you bought it on Amazon on on Canadian Amazon even, and you reviewed it there. Oh, 
and uh, so I'm gonna refresh your mind. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Like I was, oh, Leatherface. This is this is this is Dan Gorman. Okay, so back then you're less woke than you are these days. So oh God, beware. <laughs> For the listener, uh, this is not me. <laughs> don't don't. Hey, spoiler make this joke. spoiler alert. <laughs> Find out who the true reviewer was of <laughs> Clown at Midnight. Okay, now I'm going to read this review real okay. quick because this guy was just being a little excessive in, uh, like on Canadian Amazon. For some reason, most of the reviews of this movie are all in German. On, That's weird. On Canadian Amazon. Mm-hmm. But there's like one or two English ones. And this is an English language review from okay. Letterface, aka Dan Gorman. And the review reads... K. It just starts with the letter K. Uh, So this movie was pretty weak. Hello, they didn't freaking make out at the end. We were waiting for George and Kate to start getting freaky and the wuss just hugged her head. What's that all about? He needs to work on his game. The (laughs) sex scene was definitely entertaining. Talk about how you give the guy props from hitting it from the backside. And And the intertwining of the sword fight was classic. Hmm, maybe I should give it two stars instead. (laughs) <laughs> there you go well it can't it couldn't have been me because i did not give this movie two stars i see, gave it see, no that's, stars that's why i figured uh yeah. maybe you gave it two stars but <laughs> i guess it, it wasn't you after all so it was unrateable i couldn't couldn't assign a positive or negative rating to this just because it just is what it is but then who was the clown at midnight the clown in this movie is just so ridiculous looking yeah but i mean it's it's a clown like how how can you take a clown seriously yeah oh i did also forget that i made a note that they they do some other like movie references by having somebody named like errol flynn and they they hmm. talk about like lon cheney at one point oh yeah yeah it's i very, remember that yeah, yeah. weird hmm. yeah the, the hmm. stuff that it's like referencing is just weird so neither of these movies are essential but they're both canadian but they're both canadian they're horror movies so Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished for this episode. <laughs> Please go to backdashrow.com to find all of our episodes. Um, as you heard off the top, there's a Patreon now and you can get episodes a week early. Follow us on Twitter at backrowcineblog on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, all the all the places. Instagram. Follow me on Letterboxd at YCKMD underscore. And Carlo, you can be found where? Yeah, Carlo goes boom. Same places. Carlo goes boom. So until next time... Keep your bags of milk refrigerated and a toonie on hand at all times. Just in case you need to go rent a Hoser Horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 